Welcome to Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, and welcome to today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, as always. Now, today's podcast, we're going to talk panel boards. And we're going to, more importantly, we're going to deeply embed ourselves in Article 408. And we're going to talk about one specific section and how it applies, because I seem to get a lot of questions on this, whether I'm in seminars or emails or phone calls, whatever, trying to explain this in a little more detail. So I figured I'd go ahead and do that in a podcast and explain 408.36 in a little more detail. Now, if you're familiar with the code uh, and you look at 408.36, it's dealing with overcurrent protection. Now, this is the overcurrent protection for the panel board. Okay, that's installed inside of a an enclosure, uh, the, the guts, if you will, of the panel board. Uh, and so we have some general rules here that are required, and we're going to look at 408.36. But while we're at it, we're going to go on and look at 408.30 as well, which is kind of our starting section. And then we get into the overcurrent protections. Because first of all, it just talks about the panel board and the rating. And then it goes into that overcurrent protection that ultimately protects the panel board. So that's what we're aiming for. And then we're going to look at examples where you might have a distribution panel that's downstream of your service panel and service enclosure. Uh, and so that's a downstream. Many people refer to that like a sub-panel, if you will. Um, but reality, it's a distribution panel. It's just downstream of the service equipment. And so we need to understand the concepts of 408.36 to make sure that we're protecting our panel board. And so that's what we're going to look at today. So we have a general rule, and then we have some exceptions. Okay, so... First, let's start out by looking at 408.30. Now, if you're in your National Electrical Code, I'm obviously in the 2017 edition for this episode of the National Electrical Code. Uh, if that's the case, you're on page 267 of the electronic version. That's the PDF version. That's what I do for all my podcasts and webinars and in uh, videos. Um, but obviously, if you're in the paperback version, then it's going to be on page 264 Okay, to help you out. All right. So let's look at 408.30, and this is also part three of panel boards dealing in Article 408, which is switchboard, switchgear, and panel board. So we're obviously in the panel board section uh, or part of that article, if you will. So 408.30, the general, it says all panel boards shall have a rating not less than the minimum feeder capacity required for the low calculation in accordance with Part 3, Part 4, and Part 5 of Article 220 uh, as applicable. Now, granted, we have to do these calculations in order to be able to determine what we need. And so we got to do all these calculations, whether it's the optional or the standard method, uh, you know, Part 3 standard, Part 4 optional, 5 dealing with farm application, whatever we're doing. We have to come up with 
whatever our calculation is for our load. And then we apply that accordingly to what type of panel board we need and the panel and everything we need. Uh, so it's kind of a method to the madness when we're sizing everything. However, once we achieve that or we just select it, we now have to protect that panel board. And again, that's the guts to which the overcurrent devices connect to. It's the center guts, if you will, of the, of the enclosure. All right. Um, a lot of people want to call the panel board the entire enclosure, but it's not. It's, it's really the guts that we're trying to protect, all those connections that are made to this panel board inside of it. Um, so that takes us to 408.36. And again, where the confusion begins is within the exceptions. Uh, so let's talk about it. So let's read the general rule. And then we'll discuss each one of these exceptions in a little more detail. It says overcurrent protection. So you understand we're, we're applying this overcurrent protection not to the conductors here. We're, we're applying them to the panel board. It says, in addition to the requirements of 408.30, which was our calculation that we had to do to make sure we were selecting the panel board correctly, uh, the rating of it. It says a panel board shall be protected by an overcurrent protected device having a rating not greater, not greater now, than that of the panel board. Okay, so the if it's a 200 amp rated panel board, we don't want to have a 225 amp rated overcurrent protective device at it. Okay, it kind of defeats the purpose, right? So, uh, it can't be rated greater than what the panel board rating is. All of this information will be in the enclosure's legend label that's placed on the assembly when you buy it. You'll get the panel enclosure, the panel board, main breaker. You might get one that's called main lug only, uh, but you'll still have a, a panel rating and, and you'll still have the bus rating. You'll have all that stuff available to you on the legend that comes with the equipment. Okay, so that's the, the rule, the charging rule that we have. Now it goes on to say... This overcurrent protected device shall be, and this is a, a mandatory rule, says it shall be located within, okay, so it could be in the panel board or it could be in the enclosure, or at any point on the supply side of the panel board, okay? So it could be on the supply side upstream of it. So we've got that rule, and that's what it's telling us. So those are our general rules. So the overcurrent protection for that panel board can be within it, or it could be on any point on the supply side of the panel board. We do that a lot, okay? We will put it on the supply side. We, we do everything that we said we we're going to do. It's not greater than what the, the panel board is. Uh, and we supply it, and it goes downstream. And so there we go. All right, now let's get into some of the exceptions. Exception number one says, okay, now... What about that individual protection for that panel board? It says, individual protection shall not be required for a panel board used as service equipment with multiple disconnection means in accordance with 230.71. That's the six disconnect. That allows you to go up to six, okay? So that's what 230.71 is. It's telling you you can go up to six. Okay, so we get it. It also reminds us that, look, in panel boards protected by three or more circuit breakers or sets of fuses, the circuit breakers or sets of fuses shall not supply a second bus structure within the same panel board assembly. Okay, so that's like a split bus thing. So it, it, what it's telling me is if I have six breakers in there, 
and I'm trying to meet the rules of 230.71, one of those in this application uh, cannot feed a lower bus system in uh, new applications. Now, that's very common for old applications, but that's all what we would call a split bus design, and that's not what we're doing here. Okay, so you're not allowed to do that. So if I'm using this 230.71, I'm using the six disconnect rule, uh, six throws, or what you want to call it, uh, at that point, I can't feed a lower or a second bus system, okay? All right, so that's the exception number one. So what this is saying is, you know what? When I bring those service conductors in, I don't have to terminate it into a single device. I can terminate it in and I can have up to six in accordance with 230.71. And that is very common with switchboard applications, but this is dealing with a panel board. So it is very common to see this set up even in a larger industrial or even a commercial panel board scenario, okay? So that's what we're dealing with there, all right? Um, and that's a, a, to not have to have that individual protection. Uh, exception number two says, okay, individual protection shall not be required. Again, that's a permissive rule, same as the other one. It says it shall not be required, but it's, there's no harm, no foul if you want to put individual protection, let's say a main breaker, if you will. And when we use the term main, we just mean that it's one single breaker that's protecting the entire panel board. There's people out there who argue the semantics of words, and you know what, and I don't I don't typically play their little games. We're electricians. We know what we're talking about. All right? Um, so individual protection shall not be required for the panel board protected on its supply side by two main brake circuit breakers or two sets of fuses having a combined rating, okay? A combined rating not greater than that of the panel board, okay? It goes on to say a panel board constructed or wired under this exception, and I'll give you uh, an overall view of what we're talking about, shall not contain more than 42 overcurrent devices. For the purpose of determining the maximum of 42 overcurrent devices, a two-pole or a three-pole breaker shall be considered two or three overcurrent devices respectively. So again, when you're meeting this rule, 42 overcurrent devices, a two-pole breaker counts as two overcurrent devices, okay, for this specific rule when you're applying this exception. Now, what are we talking about? Okay. All right, so let's scenario, this is a scenario where we still, we still are under our foundation of the 42 circuit limitations that used to be uh, the old 42 circuit limitations of power and lighting, even though the power and lighting concepts are not there anymore. Uh, so this might be, for example, a panel where it comes in, but it has two main breakers. And you have, say, both of them are 100 amps. Uh, and so you have breaker number one, which is feeding the lower bus structure, okay? Uh, and it's designed with... Uh, you know, you're going to be limited to the poles, uh, CTL overcurrent device classes, uh, and you've got supply. The panel board is limited to two main circuit breakers or two sets of fuses. Now, the one fuse, which is 100 amp, feeds the lower bus system. Okay. Now, overall, you have two 100 amps. So you have at the top of the panel, one of the breakers it's kind of like a common tie in the middle. It feeds the, the, the circuit breakers that are within that panel enclosure. But then typically you've got an application where the other 100 would go and leave and it might feed an external load of some sorts, okay? Or the like number, it could feed the like number of uh, branch circuits or overcurrent devices that are in the same panel. So it could have another panel structure. The key component here is to remember that um, the combined rating of the two main breakers 
If it's 100 and 100, then the overall enclosure is a 200 amp enclosure. Okay, so that's the thing to remember with that application. All right, so again, a panelboard with two main breakers uh, is still permitted. I mean, you could still do that. And provided it qualifies under the old 42 circuit limitations on the number of circuits, you know, lighting and, and appliance type of uh, uh, brand circuit applications. Uh, but their combined main breaker rating cannot exceed the panel's rating. So it would be a 200 amp rated panel, but it would have two separate, okay, 100 amp rated devices in there. And that's what it's talking about here. And you'll notice that it, it also, under this rule, is going to limit you to the 42 overcurrent devices. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, it used to make lay to the terminations, lighting and panel board limitations to 42, uh, but now it's just kind of incorporated into the exception number two, and that happened a couple cycles ago, okay? So, um, again, just picture you coming into this panel and it having two 100 amp main breakers. One of them feeds the breakers that are within the panel and let's say the other one might feed a specific separate load. That's perfectly okay as long as that panel itself is, all, is rated for 200 amps. But each one of those single 100 amp breakers combined can exceed the rating of the actual panel boards and, and enclosure. All right. And so that's where we get that application uh, and it can't exceed that. All right. And the panel rating. OK, so that panel rating, since it has two 100 amp breakers in there, for most purposes, you're probably going to see that panel rating as being uh, 200 amperes. And it's accommodated by two single 100s uh, and it's two separate loads. Now, I have seen cases where it would uh, have the scenario um, would be. It feeds a panel right beside it, or maybe it's larger and it feeds two separate panels within itself, and that's what it's listed as, okay? But that's what we're, we're picturing here. Okay, so again, it, it could be a larger panel that actually has each one of those 100 amps feeding up to 42 single pole circuit breakers. And of course, again, I'll remind you that those are designed under this rule, under the old single, and that's why it gives you the guidance on what a two-pole still counts as two or three-pole still counts as three overcurrent devices because they're going to be what's called a 10-class CTL overcurrent device, which is limited to one pole per breaker, okay? Uh, so this kind of gives you the, the concept there. Um, so this is very common, and I have seen this application where I have two actual 42-circuit panel board sections that each one are fed by 100 amp device, uh, main breaker, I should say, or just call it a main uh, main uh, circuit breaker uh, or fuse set. And you're limiting each one of them to 42, okay? That panel board's limited. So, and that's a rather large application, more commercial in nature, but it can be done. And that's when you have two separate main breakers for that application. Uh, more often than not, where I really see this is where you have maybe a 200 amp where you have 100 that does a panel board within the enclosure, and, <clears throat> and then the other one maybe feeds a separate load by itself, okay? Maybe it's a heating system, cool air conditioning system, whatever it is. But if it's in the panel, both of those combined main breakers can exceed the rating of the panel enclosure, okay? So that's the allowance for ex uh, the uh, exception number two, Okay. And lastly, let's get into the third one, and I'll read it per the code so we can third exception. The exception number three says for existing panel boards, okay, so new construction, it's not going to apply. 
It says, for existing panel boards, individual protection shall not be required for a panel board used as service equipment for an individual residential occupancy. Uh, so, caveats. Existing, residential. That's the key. All right? So, what are we looking at here? So, an existing panel with up to six circuit breakers may constitute to be used without individual protection. Okay? Provided it is used as service equipment for an individual dwelling unit. However, another example would be that is the allowance of the old existing split bus applications, which would allow you to be able to do that. Okay? And that is existing. Okay? So in that scenario there, you'll have a top portion and then one of the six, again, okay, one of the six will actually supply the bottom. Now, for new installations, violation, okay? This only applies to existing, okay? So the use of a split bus load center with more than two main overcurrent devices is permitted for residential services equipment only in the existing, not for a new application. And of course, the chances of you finding a, a split bus a split bus style uh, for new would be pretty rough, pretty pretty hard to. That's not going to happen. You're not going to find them. Okay, so that's the concept of how that works. All right, within it. The, the application of the code. So you have all of those uh, in 408.36, the aspects of it. Now, you're not meeting any of the exceptions by saying, look, I have a panel, main service panel, and I put a breaker in there, and I'm feeding it downstream, and it has no main breaker, okay? The code says that that overcurrent protection shall be permitted within or at any point on the supply side of that panel board. So the breaker that's in the main panel is sufficient to protect the panel downstream. Okay, that's what we typically see when we call remote distribution panel. Now, do some people go into a main breaker? Certainly, but at that point, that main breaker is nothing more than a disconnect, if you will. Okay, the conductors and everything is going to be very much limited uh, by the, the the breaker that's actually feeding it. Okay, um, so not a concern there. Uh, in some cases, it's even cheaper to buy the one with the main breaker in it. For example, I've seen them buy 100 amp rated panels with a 100 amp rated main breaker uh, or a main disconnect in this case, uh, but it's being fed, let's say, by 60 amps. And people say, well, wait a minute, I'm terminating onto a 100 amp rated device. And that's okay because we are limiting it to the 60 amps upstream. Um, and so, you know, that's really just a disconnect at that point. Okay, that's, that's all it is. And it wouldn't be required because I could have had a main lug only in there in that panel downstream and not requirement if it's in the same structure. Now, remember, if I go from one building to another building, then I do have the requirements of disconnection means at the remote building. That's the requirements under 225 if they're underground. There's requirements in 215 for feeder applications. So we do have those general rules, but we're now we're just talking about protection of panel boards. And that's what we're talking about here. So you have 408.36 talking about that overcurrent protection. Now, 408.36A deals with snap switches rated at 30 amperes or less. So it says panel boards equipped with snap switches rated at 30 amps or less shall have overcurrent protection of 200 amperes or less. Now, let me remind you something. This is not a rule that says that those circuit breakers are considered snap switches because circuit breakers are not snap switches. 
this dates back to where we had fuses, whether it's cartridge fuses or we have Edison-based fuses built into panels where there was actually was a snap switch built into it that allowed you to disconnect to be able to service the by, by the fuse, you know, killing it before the fuse. So this was integrated into the panel board setup. Uh, this is not to say that a snap switch is a circuit breaker. So God's sakes, don't confuse that, thinking that a snap switch... Now, I can use a circuit breaker in many cases as a switch for high-intensity discharge lighting and other things like that. Uh, very much done in commercial applications, but that does not make it a snap switch. Okay, Don't get them confused. All right. Um, and all this is saying is you do have one of those old systems that actually is fuse based and it does have this snap switch in it. Uh, then these individual snap switches are rated at 30 amperes or less. Uh, and then you have to make sure that the actual overcurrent protection on the panel board is um, 200 amps or less. So I could have a 200 amp main, but then each one of the individual fuses has a snap switch integral to the actual assembly. And that's what you would disconnect and that is a snap switch, okay? That is not a circuit breaker. It doesn't have the ratings that a circuit breaker has. It doesn't have trip curve applications. It's just a snap switch. But don't confuse that with a circuit breaker because that's not what we're talking about in 408.36a, okay? The next one is 408.36b, and you probably heard me talk about this in our transformer series, whereas it says, okay, well, what about the protection of a panel board that's actually being supplied through a transformer? And we talked about this rule, and it kind of reminds us back to 240.21c for those secondary conductors and that they have to terminate into overcurrent devices and all those goodies. But all it's saying here is, guess what? So when they're supplied through a transformer, the protection of that panel board, it says where a panel board is supplied through a transformer, the overcurrent protection required by 408.36 shall be located on the secondary side of the transformer. And ironically enough, that usually is in the panel board, or it could be at any point between the actual transformer and the actual panel board enclosure, okay? So, it just says that the overcurrent protection required by 486 shall be located on the secondary side of the transformer. So, anywhere on that secondary side. So, sometimes we see a separate overcurrent protection, and then after that, we might have a main lug only after that. Okay? So, there's different configurations that are important. Now, let's look at the exception. The exception says, okay, wait a minute. A panel board supplied by the secondary side of a transformer shall be considered as protected by the overcurrent protection provided on the primary side of the transformer or the protections in accordance with 240.21C1. And remember from our transformer series, it's considered protected if you're dealing with a single phase application where you have one voltage output value, okay? Uh, or you have a delta to delta three phase where you have one single voltage secondary value, then it's considered protected under the 240.21c1 okay so that's what the exception is there in order to add protection okay all right so just kind of understand how that works uh in the way that the scope of the 240.21 if you don't understand that please go back and watch our video series it's not a podcast although i do have podcasts on transformers go back and watch the video series where i talk about those different aspects Okay, and this kind of brings us in the requirements in um, the rules for 450.3b 
uh, the top portion where you might not have secondary protection under those rules. And it kind of helps you tie all those things together. Okay. Um, and then let's get to C. C, again, we're still under 408.36. C is dealing with the delta breakers. It says, okay, so we have a delta system. And it says a three-phase disconnect or overcurrent device shall not be connected to the bus of any panel board that has less than three-phase buses. Delta breakers shall not be installed in panel boards. Okay? So this is one of those aspects where you take it as you read it. Okay? A three-phase disconnect or overcurrent device shall not be connected to the bus of any panel board. Okay, that has less than three-phase buses. Okay, so you don't use a three-phase disconnect. You don't use a delta breaker. You certainly aren't going to use it in a panel board that has less than three-phase buses. So obviously, you're not going to use it in a single-phase type of panel configuration. Okay, all right. So keep that in mind. Uh, all right. So that's we're going to keep it at that because I don't want to take it maybe any more confusing than that would be. And, and, you know, and I guess the biggest thing is it, it was really what happened was they, they found out that the Delta Breakers, uh, if installed incorrectly in certain uses, created a, an extreme hazard. Because when you had a Delta Breaker and it was used in a single phase panel, okay, which is prohibiting it, and the main disconnect for the single phase panel is open, then the problem with that, there is still a, a, a high hot leg supplying the Delta Breaker. Now, these breakers were likely to be backfed voltage from their load connections into the panel board bus work, even when the panel main was off because the main did not interrupt the third phase. So it, 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 it's just pretty much we're outlawing the application of this rule uh, and don't make that any more complicated than it needs to be. All right, so now we're going to move on to the, the last one in this example is backfed devices. All right, so it says here, and this is D, so this is uh, 408.36D. It says, plug-in type overcurrent protection devices or plug-in type main lug assemblies that are backfed and used to terminate field-installed ungrounded supply conductors. Now, again, this is one of those main lug only where you backfeed a, a breaker, okay, and then you have to have a hold down because you're backfeeding it, okay. It says, it terminate into a field-installed... <clears throat> Ungrounded supply conductors shall be secured in place by an additional fastener that requires other than a pull or release the device from the mounting means of the panel. In other words, you know, most breakers, you just simply pop them off. Uh, there's got to be, if you're going to backfeed, one, you have to find the, uh, the, the breaker that allows that to happen. Uh, two, you want to make sure that if you're using the main lug only, that that panel is designed to allow backfeeding. And so it is allowed to have a device that retains that actual breaker into the panel board. Uh, and then you have to make sure you have a breaker that's designed for this fastener that holds it in place so that it won't just pop out. Because you have to remember, this is not like an interactive system for PV where if it pops off, then there's no current flow because this interactive inverter is going to kill power. If this is being fed from a panel to this, and it's being backfed into this main lug only panel, and that's going to be your breaker now for your main, if you will, if it pops off, those lugs are still hot, okay? And so that becomes a hazard. So you have to make sure that it can't just pop off. So if you got a backfed device and it's listed for use with that application, uh, whether it's a plug-in type for a main lug assembly, uh, then 
and it's for a field insulation, you're going to have to make sure that it has an additional fastener that requires other than the pull to release the device from the mounting of the panel board, okay, you know, how it's mounted in the panel. Uh, and they make the little kits that do that. You just have to make sure that it's designed to work with the panel board that you're dealing with. Uh, every manufacturer offers these kits, so it's not really an issue. So um, just make sure that that also, that that device is designed to be rated for a backfed, okay? All right, well, that's it. That's all we're going to talk about. I just wanted to, you know, kind of talk about 408.36 in a little more detail, give you a little more information, try to keep it pretty short. Uh, but hopefully that explains in a little more detail for you. If at any point you're confused at any of this, and I have a nature of sometimes being confusing when I try not to be because I'm trying to give you a lot of information in as quick a time as I can possibly, and I'm surprised I got this in in under 30 minutes. Please email us at info, I-N-F-O, that's I-N-F-O, at masterthenec.com or info at electricalcodeacademy.com or go to our website and click the contact us link and send us a message via our website and we are more than happy to, to clarify anything, that any question you might have. Again, look, there are no dumb questions, okay? Um, I try to cover as much information as I can and I don't want to inadvertently leave something out, but if something that I said is confusing to you, um, I don't leave comments, the ability for you to leave comments on my podcasts or my videos because there are trolls everywhere. There are some people out there that are, that are miserable in their own existence, and so they seek out creating issues. Look, if you really find a difference in opinion on what I stated, then contact me. I want to learn too. So reach out to me. And, uh, and I'm more than happy to do an update. But to this date, I haven't had anybody have a need to do that uh, because I pretty much cover everything in pretty good detail. So, again, if you want to give opinions, let's all learn from one another. Let's not be snarky little smart asses, okay? Let's help each other. And so contact me. Again, you know my email. You know how to get to the website. Anyway, till next time, stay safe and God bless. And, and hopefully you learned something from this episode talking about panel boards in 408.36. Every day the future's getting closer. Every day the future's looking bright.